All right, let's read Spider-Man listeners out there. I'm Eddie, and here with... James B. James B. Do you have any leopard pants on, James B.? No leopard pants today for Craven? No, no, no leopard pants, Eddie. You know, I think All right. What All we... right, well, you want me to get going? You ready for me to get going? Yes, let's, <laughs> let's hear about The Thrill of the Hunt. The Thrill of the Hunt, issue 34, everybody. We get a nice opening of Craven with all his trophy animals everywhere, and he looks over, and there's a, a bust without anything on it and says, the mask of Spider-Man must, must one day cover that plaster head. So we know we know Craven, you know, he's out, he's serious. And so he gets warmed up, he drinks some jungle herbs and walks out of his place and just tackles a lion. That That's like his first thing, and he devises a scheme on how to defeat how to catch Spider-Man, his greatest trophy. James B., anything you want to say um, about the opening here? I had a problem. I was looking at the... Uh, I started writing in my notes that Craven books, you know, it begins with his exploration of his goal, how he wants to... I wrote first capture Spider-Man, then I changed it to kill Spider-Man, and I wasn't sure because, Eddie, it's a plaster head, so he's not going to, I don't think, mount Spider-Man's head on the wall. I think he just wants... The mask. I also noticed that I did like how it explains how he gets his powers, and specifically, it says that his strength can match Spider-Man's own, which is going to foreshadow that he can be just as strong as Spider-Man. Can he also be like Spider-Man in other ways? I thought about that. Interesting. Well, wow, that that is a fascinating take on the opening here for Craven, uh, getting all souped up for Spider-Man. So. Craven's, Craven's getting his animals packed away, and he's going to head head on back to New York to find Spider-Man. And then we get these strange panels where Betty's like with Peter, and Peter rips his shirt open, and it supposes that he's Spider-Man, and it turns out Betty's having a bad dream. And we get that, oh no, face from Betty um, in a couple of panels right there. Um, James B., Betty's face of concern? Are we going to see this again? What, what do you think? <laughs> Betty's face of concern... I mean, if we were going to make a list of things we've seen throughout these 34 issues, it, it, it's in the top 10 for certain. I mean, it's it's something we see over and over. I actually consider that one of your favorite things. But I actually was very interested to see that <laughs> Betty has a dream that she suspects Peter is Spider-Man because why not? Like, the audience has got to be thinking at some point, how is this girl not going to figure this out? Like, he disappears, Spider-Man shows up. Like, doesn't she suspect it at all? And I love, love, love that in her subconscious, Betty Brant is like, I think I know he's Spider-Man. And I'm telling you, it doesn't say this here, but basically, Eddie, it comes out that she realizes this might be the case. And now I am, as the reader, thinking, uh-oh, now she's going to confront him. How's he going to deal with this? Ooh, what a what a foreshadowing there, James B. Well, that's a another interesting take there. So anyways, uh, we'll go on here. Peter and Gwen are um, at school. They like are kind of around each other, but lots of missed signals from each other. They don't they don't know they're, that each other are they're interested in each other. Aunt May is fine. She's like bedridden again, and she had just a little operation. But Miss Watson comes to see her. She's in a much better mood. And then Craven has returned back to New York to his old lair. Besides Craven, what other villains have returned back to an old lair? I think the Moltman goes back to his to his house, but he does. Okay. Lair house. I don't, for, <laughs> yes, that's that's another one. 
And then I can only think of one other one. Oh, you think it's uncommon? this way. I'm sorry. All right, I got I got the vulture. If you remember, the vulture got out of prison. I remember the vulture because he has this sweet layer like in the top of a silo on Staten Island. And so when he gets out of prison the second time, he goes back to the lair. And then I think the ringmaster heads back to their old lair. That's one of the ways that like they find them. <laughs> Again, I just think like returning back to your old lair is a terrible idea. Like creatures of habit are the villains in Spider-Man. James B. Um, I wanted to throw something at you here. I believe I'm going to take the side that Harry and Gwen are just Flash and Liz, the college version. I think that that's how they're written. I know that we haven't seen as much of Harry, but he is kind of a jerk in every scene that I see him. Uh, I'm looking specifically at page five when he says, do we have to spell it out for you? You're as popular here as Mao Say Sung. You know, excuse me if I screwed that part up. And then later he says, you've been snubbing us in school like a swell-headed snob. You know, you can't just be part of the crowd anytime you feel like it. So, he, I, I mean, he's, he, he's, and he's got his hands on his hips and everything. And he's, he's, uh, he, called, he even calls him an egghead on, on page six. I guess we told that egghead where to get off egg when. I mean, he's really, disagree or, or agree? I mean, he, he's Flash, right? He he has definitely very rapidly become Flash, and uh, I must you know I must say I'm very pleased that we are back to after that very intense last couple of issues, which were fantastic, but just you know not a lot of joking around. We're back to the insults, and later on Spidey's back to his his sassing of villains as he's fighting him too. I really enjoy it. I, I got yeah, it's like Flash 2.0 is Harry. I I'll agree with you here, James B. That that's who he is. And Gwen, I don't know. I mean, Gwen is far more. There's a lot more thought bubbles from Gwen about Peter. So she's I think she's got the, more thoughts. I, I think the difference Peter. of the college version of Flash and Liz is that in the Harry Gwen pairing Gwen is the alpha character where Flash was the alpha character it was always like Flash Thompson mm. and Liz Allen was around to sort of thwart him now it seems like it's Gwen 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 there's Harry with his chimes occasionally Gwen is definitely the focal character of the Harry and Gwen thing I mean you, right she's in more panels she For talks sure. to him more yeah so yeah she's in a ton of things all right, well, we're going to move on, James B. So they they kind of bump into each other. Craven returns back to his old hideout with that he had with the chameleon, which I think is kind of dumb, but whatever. And then Spider-Man, um, Peter's just trying to take it kind of easy and hang out with Aunt May when suddenly, like, Spider-Man starts harassing J. Jonah Jameson all around town. And Peter sees this, and I think this is a fairly clever clever scheme uh, Spider-Man turns out to be Craven, and Craven's, Craven's harassing J. Jonah Jameson to kind of draw out Spider-Man, which works very well. Uh, so Spidey takes the bait and follows the phony Spider-Man, and Craven, when they get like, when they go to first start to battle, Craven, he, I, I don't know what he's got in his hand, but he hits Spider-Man with this jungle scent which apparently disables his spider sense. Now, I, this I, this was really, like, I feel like the villains know more about Spider-Man's spider sense than Spider-Man knows about his spider sense. We've talked about it in the past a few times. Um, can you remember anybody else who messed with uh, Spider-Man's spider sense, James B.? Um, 
I mean, my my gut reaction would be Mysterio. I don't know if that's right or not. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know, Eddie. If do you happen to know, you the are answer? correct. Okay. Mysterio had he, he he. So Mysterio had like a radar jammer. Remember, like Spider-Man swinging his fists in the middle of that cloud of gas, or whatever it was, and his spider sense wasn't working. He couldn't find Mysterio. And then way back, like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Doctor Doom like sends a message out to Spider-Man through a spider sense, right? Do you remember this, James B? Um, incorrectly. The the Spider-Man's the first time someone uses the spider sense to the spider signal. Doctor Doom was the second one to send He's a message. The second one, right? Yeah, the chameleon the, is the first one, right? Yeah, because the chameleon's spider sense was very specific, like meet me at nine o'clock on the rooftop I, of this amazing. building. Yeah, and the second one was Doctor Doom, and I remember you were concerned that people could then just blast Spider-Man with, um, you know, drive him crazy by always tapping into his spider yes. sense. He couldn't turn it off. I recall that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. I think those those are all our spider sense. Well, obviously, Spider-Man without spider sense is significantly weakened too. So Craven, Craven really like this is this is well done um, uh, by Craven to take out Spider-Man's spider sense yeah. right away. If you allow me just a moment here, um, so sure. he claims he takes it out. So I'm I am you know this happens on page eleven, and I was like, okay, there's going to be a moment here where. Because he has no spider sense, something bad's going to happen. It's hard to be sure. I mean, it's Craven does tackle him a few times. I don't know if he had his spider sense, if he would have been able to to dodge the tackle. I mean, maybe you can discuss that as you finish the story. But I, it never, it's never clear to me. Like, oh no, without my spider sense, I was tricked. You know. Um, I- Go ahead. It, 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 yeah, I don't. It, I talk. Yeah, I was going to talk about this a little bit more. It doesn't seem to affect him a whole bunch because Craven sets several booby traps and Spider-Man avoids them. I mean, he is Spider-Man, so he's super fast with spider-like abilities. But I, you know, I. Well, I'll talk about this a little more in a bit. So I'll finish the story here real quick, James B. Some thugs and Craven both go at. A very sassy Spider-Man. He's he's like talking sass the whole time he's battling the thugs and Craven, uh, which ends with Craven and Spider-Man basically a big old slugfest, and they're just popping each other, you know, fist fist fighting brawl. So um, Spider-Man eventually beats Craven, which you know since they're equals, it's interesting to see that Craven gets beaten just in a big brawl is what what happens at the end and at the end at the very end of the issue and we see what well, we see craven and the thugs all tied up in web and the police are all happy there at the end and at the very end we see that betty has quit her job at at the bugle she's no longer there and and um peter parker goes back to aunt may and he sees uh miss watson and aunt may at the end and says but Spider-Man, I've been and shall always be for as long as I live at, at the very end. So, you know, my thing about this one, Craven impersonating Spider-Man was very clever, I thought. And like the jungle, the gas, whatever he disabled Spider-Man's Spider-Sense was also really great. But then he like draws him into this building, which I thought would be booby-trapped at like every turn. I really thought Spider-Man would be in much worse shape and was a little disappointed that Craven ended up just getting beaten in a, in a fist fight. Uh, James B anything you want to add about this? And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about villains after that. Sure. I had some notes that, uh, 
on this issue to talk about, and you can uh, you can let me know if there's anything after I talk that you want to talk about. Okay. Um, so I noticed I liked on page uh, four uh, that Peter now that Aunt May is um, healthy again, Peter throws uh, his little you know joke at her like, "Okay, no touch football for a while here, Aunt May," <laughs> and she says, "Peter Parker, you're a caution." And I said, I wonder if Eddie's going to do a little research on me and figure out what your caution means. Um, I also noticed that Peter is really determined to be average because um, there's a point where he skips a crime. And this is going to be one of two times in the issue. He goes against making money. He skips the crime to not take pictures. And then at the end of the issue, he skips um, an opportunity to take photos because he doesn't want to run into Betty Brant. So he skips returning the photos. And I'm like, wow, he, this guy really doesn't want to make any money. I also want to say there's two other things, and I'll let you, then I'll let you talk about any of the things I brought up if you have anything. Um, the issue ends with an advertisement for the next villain, not like a to-be-continued next issue, but it says, like, you know, next issue, the Molten Man returns, which is a start of something they're going to do, which I am uh, generally opposed to. Um, second to last thing I wanted to mention is that Foswell appears near the uh, near the end of the book and yeah. actually says, like, hey, J. Jonah Jameson, what have you got against Spider-Man anyway? Which shows <laughs> how far Foswell's come that he now works with Spider-Man as opposed to being you know the big man. And, and, and the last thing, real quick, let me just get this in, is that um, on page 10, uh, Mrs. Um, Watson comes over, uh, you know, um, MJ's, uh, I think, niece, sometimes mother, depending on the writing. And she says this panel, I just feel like having a good old-fashioned chat, May, dear. And she says, so do I, Anna. I got the tastiest cookies and tea will be ready in no time. I j just to say that, I just feel like having a good old-fashioned chat. I was like, what? So any, any between Foswell, I mean, the chat, the, the ending panel, and... Um, you know everything I said about the money. Is there anything in there you thought about? I, where, where's their hats? Didn't Aunt May like spend a pretty penny on like a really fancy hat? I demand to have hats if tea's going to be had by Aunt May. We're, we're having a good old chat right now too, James B. So, <laughs> I don't, I, you know, you bring up some good points. It is impressive that suddenly, I mean, really, Peter must be torn up about Betty since he's like not, since he's always struggling for money, and then. He doesn't want to go see Betty, and that's a payday for him. He got some good pictures from all the stuff that he did, and he just kind of walks away from it. It is impressive how, I, I mean, after really not knowing what his status was with Betty often, we've been over this in past podcasts, suddenly, like, he's really torn up about Betty. Uh, well, so he so he passes that up, and that's interesting. And also, like you said, Foswell. Foswell is defeated by Spider-Man, so a real, real straight and narrow, or... He's playing the straight and narrow really well. well. I guess, you know, whatever happens to Foswell in the future. Um, I, I think, um, I, I don't know, James, I have a few more things to add. I just, I really, like I said before, I'm glad that sassy Spider-Man is back. I had so many great sass, sassy remarks uh, from Spider-Man while he's fighting. Because, you know, I mean, both when he fought with, like, Doctor Strange and Zand, Zandu, there was, like, a really straight lace kind of 
kind of way back to that second annual. And then afterwards, the last four issues, really angry Spider-Man would not joke about anything. So nothing infuriates me as much as bad grammar, he says to like some thugs on page 13. <laughs> next, next to you, uh, what to do... Um, Next time you want to do some spider stalking, making a make an appointment, <laughs> and then he says to uh, Craven, uh, let's see, uh, oh, he says to Craven and the thugs, he goes, "Hate to disappoint you, eager beavers." <laughs> I mean, he's back to his his sassiest prime in this comic, and I really gotta appreciate that all about all about uh, Spider Man for this one. So, um, James B, anything else to add? I'm ready to go on to issue 35 if you are. Um. I do have a sponsor for today's episode. Oh, Eddie. that's right. Fantastic. I can't wait. Unlike Peter, we need to pay the bills. And <laughs> I do have a sponsor piece today. Eddie, uh, I know that um, we're in a time of year where there's not a lot of holidays, but your mom might have a birthday or, or your wife or, or an anniversary could be coming up or something. And I want to let you know that Madison Avenue Jewelry and Gifts is your jeweler in Midtown Manhattan for diamond jewelry bridal and wedding rings, bracelets, bangles, earrings, men's jewelry, and much more. Uh, come check out some of the finest jewels, which we keep in our safe. But be warned, employees do have a gun and will shoot you if you try to rob them. Um, also, beware that Spider-Man is located nearby and he has stopped robberies for us in the past. So drop whatever you're doing and drop us a line at VV Diamonds. Wow. At MSN, Eddie, I need to read their email so people can contact me. Oh, okay. Sorry. <sighs> oh, what a surprise. VVDiamonds at MSN.com, or uh, you can call them at 843-332-3505. That's Madison Avenue Jewelry and Gifts. Okay, now, Jay, you, can, now you can comment. It's me. What, what, what a high-end clientele. We are... We are... We are going. What an impressive sponsor, James B. We, how many of you all out there are buying diamonds? Anybody? <laughs> well, I'm just very pleased we have such a glitzy sponsor this week, James. B. Well done for snagging them. Well, they do have their regular jewelry right up front. Um, you, you don't have to get their finest jewels, Eddie. Their the finest jewels are kept in the back. But um, I'll, I'll be sure to ask for them. But. But I, but I, I think we're going to find out what happens if you try to take the finest jewels, right? <laughs> well, sounds like it's my time to segue into Amazing Spider-Man okay, okay. Uh, 35, which is um, poorly named The Molten Man Regrets. And in this issue, um, Eddie, this issue is so, so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad that on page one, they, they tried to sneak this bubble in. It says, this one is for the real old-fashioned Died in the wool Spidey fanatics who like to see old Webhead <laughs> fighting only as he can. We envy you. You're gonna have yourself a ball, Eddie. What does that really mean? <laughs> that means if you don't really like Spider-Man, don't buy this one <laughs> because it's it's just the Molten Man. By the way, James B, look at look at what's going on with the Molten Man there on that first page. <laughs> yeah, it's that's. That's almost the last panel. That's him getting captured again. It it's it's the reveal. All right, all right. I'm ready to go on, James B. Yeah, the issue, yeah basically it says this is just going to be a big slugfest of stupidness. And Anyway, Eddie, um, it starts off again. We have, once again, another locked-up villain. Um, 
and he is released. And I will, I will uh, give you this. Uh, there's, you know, the guy comes out, and just, I'll just tell you the judge's sentence. He says, he says, because you became um, what you are through an unfortunate accident, and you have offered to pay for the damages you've caused. I'm giving you a suspended sentence, Raxton. And then he, um, in the thought bubble, he says, free at last. Luckily, I was a model prisoner and acted repentant. So there you go. Um, he's like, hey, not my fault. Now, Doc Ock could have said not my fault for what happened, and I would have been willing to pay. He could have got out a little sooner. How, Eddie, how does, how does this one stack up in your collection of villains being released, which is, I know, something you enjoy following? I, this drives me crazy. I mean, we're, the Beatle gets out, and they're like, here, here's all your stuff, so you can just go back to what you were doing. And then the Scorpion was having psychological problems, and so they, they let him have his... Like, not only let him have his costume, but gave him his artificial tail. I, it's just... Uh, who's in charge of these prisons? It's weird. Like, are prisons in the 60s just way more laid back? I, I cannot believe it that they're letting out supervillains for good behavior. The Vulture, too, also got out for good behavior. Drives me crazy. Drives me crazy on how they're getting out. But whatever. If the Molten Man didn't get out, we wouldn't have this fantastic issue, James B. There's, there's one thing I'm waiting for, too. I can't wait for it. You continue on. The Molten Man on page two decides... He's going to practice his skills. He was running around using nothing but his power, but he's figured out all the angles. It's many days later, and we're at the Madison Avenue uh, jewelry shop, which um, you know we have, we know from our sponsor. And there's a gentleman. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a gentleman there, and he's buying some jewels, some of the finest jewels. And um, and the uh, the the gentleman who's selling him behind the the clerk pulls out a gun because he's trying to be robbed, and he sh- shoots the man, but it doesn't do any good uh fortunately spider-man is like right there he's right there when it happens he runs inside gets in a fight with the guy uh the guy throws a salesman into spider-man and that's enough to 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 escape he's like oh i forgot about the salesman he threw him right into him and um you know he's calling for the cops or something and spider-man's like i lost track of the guy but peter's Uh. home eddie and he um He's doing a bunch of thinking. He's like, there was something familiar with that guy. He's like, boy, he sure packed a punch like iron. Wait, iron's metal. Ipso facto, it's the Molten Man. <laughs> oh, oh I, I don't think this is too much of a stretch. I think I think Spider-Man can remember who he's been hit by and how he's been hit by them. Uh, sure, sure. Okay, I'm good with that. I don't... I would think he might say to himself, wait a second, though, that guy wasn't made out of, like, solid metal. He looked like a regular person. Um, but he didn't realize that he was essentially fighting the chameleon. I mean, this costume that he has, Eddie, better than the chameleon. Like, this is the amazing. amazing. This is amazing. amazing. And I, where did he get this from? I guess this is when it said uh, many days later. That's a, like, is he the one hanging out in the chameleon's old quarters? I thought Craven was last issue. Cause, yeah, because he just got out of jail, and he, like, picks up this incredible costume. I mean, the jeweler had no idea he had a costume on. He was ready to show him his finest jewels, and good old Molten Man just fooled him all the way <laughs> with this incredible costume. Spidey uses his, uh, I hate the spider um, spider signal, but I hate the tracers more because <laughs> I just don't think, I don't know how Peter Parker is creating tracers that he can trace, but oh, it's such a bad plot point. But he puts a tracer on the costume, follows the Molten Man around, for, then eventually the Molten Man's in yet another amazing costume, and um, he's creating some crimes, and Spider-Man is photographing the crimes, 
And then on uh, page 11, um, at the top of the page before this fight starts, it says in the editor bubble, like, and now we promised Artie Semek we'd let him go wild <laughs> with sound effects for a page or two. So here goes. And it says, thwomp, patwee, brack, walk, splat, kebop, rack. And, and this fight goes from page 11 to 12 to 13, 14, 15, 16, <laughs> 17, 18. Your yes. And on page 18, which is essentially a page and a half from the end, the guy's captured and uh, and there's some real question about like you can't prove I did the crime, Eddie. Stuff going on. Did you see this? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. It was it, Spider-Man's got to expose him with his pictures in order to get the molten molten man put back in prison. So. Yes, and, and 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 he's shocked, and he's like, "Shots of me changing disguise, breaking in the shop, how, how?" And the cops like, "Bring your notebook, Lou. We got a confession coming up." And it has like pictures of him. Uh, <laughs> Peter shows up back at the, at for the last page and a half, he goes back to the, um, the Daily Bugle, and he's looking. He's he's going to run into Betty, and he realizes Betty's gone, which is important because Betty never gets to confront Peter about her dreams, Eddie. She never gets to say, "Hey, you know what?" Right. Um, you know, what, what's He's going off the on? hook. That's right. And um, then um, the issue ends with the another terrible, like, next issue, a swinging supervillain. I don't want an advertisement. I don't like advertisements for what's next issue coming up. I, I, I don't like them. It really, really bothers me. Um, Eddie, I only had one other thing to add, but I'll let you, I'll let you go for a minute here first. Uh, I mean, I have so- wait. I have something important to add here. Very Please. important. James B., how did Spider-Man capture the Bolton Man? Did you see how he, he yes. got him at the end there? Yes. Can you, can you tell me about it? What What did that remind you of? He captured him the exact same way, exactly that he captured him last time, exactly with exactly the same way. It, who Who does that remind you of? He He lassoed him. We could say. Uh, <laughs> who does that remind you of? Dave? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Spider Man is able to handle. I agree. He's able. He does lasso him. He, he, he lassoes him just like. <laughs> I can't say it, James. B. I can't think of a. I can't think of a villain who successfully you ever lassoed anybody successfully. <laughs> you can't think of Montana. <laughs> I couldn't do it, people. I couldn't get James B. to say Montana before I, I did. I said a character, a villain who successfully <laughs> ever lassoed anybody. That's the difference. <laughs> But um, Eddie, the only uh, the only thing I wanted to add here is that there's a there's a mention of an Irving Forbush in this issue. Yeah. I I happen to be sort of like a Marvel fan, and I just wanted to let you know that Irving Forbush is a okay. It's on page fifteen. You don't need. He says you. He said the Bolt Man says once I've beaten you, there'll be nobody left to stop me. And he goes, don't kid yourself. There's always Irving Forbush. Irving Forbush is like a running joke within the Marvel bullpen of like. A, a funny name for a funny superhero that really sort of doesn't exist that they sort of bring into, into life and sometimes there's people in the background sign <laughs> saying vote for Irving Forbush we want Irving Forbush and he just shows up oh, occasionally I yeah I just wanted to I didn't you don't need to do do you can go ahead and watch like a 10 minute YouTube video on Irving Forbush but this is the first time I'd seen him in Spider-Man so I just wanted to acknowledge that Eddie um I have nothing else in this issue so you can tell us what you want before we wrap this up about the molten man he said he learned all the angles and then got captured the exact same way that he did last time. I mean, oh, molten man, you didn't you didn't learn anything. And then another slugfest. Spider-Man's incredibly smart and creative, and I just don't like a 
huge punching battle. I mean, I'm glad he lassoed him, just like Montana. <laughs> it's They're bringing back the idea of Montana still here. So, <laughs> But uh, that's all I got to say about the Moten Man. I, I think enough said on this one, James B. Enough said, which is part of the close. Uh, you can reach out to us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. I am James B. Joined with Eddie. And thank you, listeners. Next uh, issue, we will have a swinging supervillain so different, so new, that they can't even tell us his name yet. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, I know. Molten Man was terrible. But did you notice at the beginning of the Craven issue, I had all this like amazing insight? What, into Craven? Well, oh, we started yeah, the Craven. You I had was a like, lot to say about it. Because... I'm tired of like me reading the stories and you have these amazing things to say and I'm just summarizing my <laughs> stupid thing. I'm like, panel nine, look at Peter Parker's hair. And you're just like, you know, it, it occurs to me that the Democratic Republic <laughs> of China back, their opinion of music was different than the Americans. Thus, that's why the characters <laughs> are rocking and rolling in unison. And I'm just like, how does he know all this crap? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna be so smart. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna edit. I'm gonna read this like a freaking like a freaking reading teacher. I'm gonna like find all the ins and outs and the sh- <laughs> foreshadowing. And I'm gonna be on his issue. I'm tired of being the dumb one. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So they- <laughs> It's just because it, it, it's true. It makes me sound really good. When in reality, I was like too scared to like do your job for a long time. I just was not able to. Yeah, you said that before because we did a lot. We did a lot on. You Crave. wouldn't say Montana. No, no, Montana's terrible. <laughs>